purpose of this program is not to prescribe a treatment to individuals. Listeners should consult their healthcare practitioner before attempting any treatment. Good morning and welcome to Health Watch. I'm Dr. David Naiman, your host. Today's guest is farm and food policy analyst Lindley Dixon. Dixon holds a PhD in plant pathology from the University of Florida and a master's in plant and soil science through West Virginia University's Organic Farm Project. She currently runs a vegetable farm in Durango, Colorado with her husband and daughter marketing their produce through community-supported agriculture, the farm-to-school program, and at local farmers markets. Dixon is a farm and food policy analyst at the Cornucopia Institute, a nonprofit that promotes economic justice for family-scale farming, and she's here today on Health Watch to talk about the Cornucopia Institute's latest report entitled Culture Wars, How the Food Giants Turned a Health Food, Yogurt, into Junk Food. Welcome to Health Watch, Lindley Dixon. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's always exciting for me, Lindley, when the Cornucopia Institute comes out with a report that helps uh, people parse the deceptive marketing that goes on around, particularly around labeling around foods. And, you know, we've had people on from your institute before to talk about the problems with, say, the free-range label for eggs or for certified humane label, for instance. And and in the case of yogurt, it seems like the really um, common label we see is live and active cultures. But it's it's a deceptive label to use in terms of figuring out what the best yogurt to buy is. Can, can you talk a little bit about some of the problems there are around? Sure, the- yeah, that's... That's one example, uh, as you mentioned, of how marketing can be really gimmicky. We found that uh, that live and active culture seal, which uh, to a consumer is supposedly going to assure a high level of beneficial microorganisms, which we also refer to as probiotics. Uh, but this seal is found on nearly all conventional yogurts by popular brands. Um, and it's not found on organic yogurt, uh, which we find problematic because um, the Cornucopia Institute, as part of their report, actually commissioned some testing to actually look at probiotic counts and um, some other characteristics, which we might get into later. But we actually found that um, many of those brands with that seal actually tested uh, significantly lower than a lot of the organic uh Labels and and mostly the organic uh, brands don't have this label because it's just so expensive to be part of that program, and so it can be really confusing when you're looking at the yogurt counter trying to figure out uh, the healthiest options and and uh, not to be swayed by some of the gimmicky marketing. So one of the things in the Cornucopia report that you advocate for is even though it may not be a perfect signifier, you believe the organic label is a better signifier than the live and active culture label for picking a, a superior health product from the yogurt aisle. So why would the organic label be a better way to go than the live and active culture label? Sure. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, taking a look at organic versus conventional, sometimes it's, you know, what is in organic milk that's not in conventional? And then alternatively, what's missing? Uh, some of the processing aids and things like that. So uh, specifically, Cornucopia Institute uh, did some testing themselves, and then we also just did some research uh, to figure out uh, what else is known in addition to what we tested. But organic in general, uh, in addition to having that higher probiotic count, 
Uh, and there's, there's a chart there where you can see the breakdown of brands, whether they're organic or conventional or not, uh, and, and the actual counts. But uh, we also tested some beneficial fatty acids and uh, found that CLA, which is conjugated linoleic acid, it's a, it's a beneficial fat, and uh, there's a lot of studies out there that show, uh, you know, significant health benefits to some of these beneficial fats like CLA and um, omega-3s, the, in particular the omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acid ratio. So we tested both of those things, CLA and that omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. And they, um, organic brands uh, tested better than conventional brands by far. Um, and so some, sometimes, uh, you know, it's difficult to figure out why um, as a consumer, but if, if you know anything about the organic label and what it means, uh, it, it, they have um, minimum requirements for their cows to be on pasture. And some of the best operations are actually 100% grass-fed, uh, go above and beyond the label. And studies have found that that access to pasture, uh, the ability to uh, feed hay when it's in the winter and there is no pasture, um, that actually increases these beneficial fats. And so that, that is what is in organic milk. Um, but we can talk a little bit about what's not there uh, in terms of processing aids, uh, bovine growth, growth hormone, uh, and some other, you know, um, potentially harmful harmful things as well. Well, before we go there, uh, talking about the fact that organic uh, yogurt has more good fats, it was, it, was a, it was news to me, this, this requirement around organic and a certain amount of time that the dairy cows would be eating grass on pasture. That was, that was interesting to me because I was thinking of a question that I was going to ask you before I learned that was, would it be better to eat non-organic pastured versus organic not pastured, but you can't actually have organic dairy cows that don't receive any time on pasture, which I think is both great and and is probably news to a lot of consumers. Sure, yeah. Uh, Conventional yogurt is produced uh, for the most part from cows that are nearly always confined and fed uh, conventional grain, which also grain is produced with, you know, very chemically intensive types of agriculture. Uh, And a lot of conventional uh, cows, don't ever graze. Uh, organic cows have a minimum requirement of 120 days on pasture, and it's weather dependent. Uh, but that, you know, coincides with the summer grazing season in most places. Um, and then the, the the places that go above and beyond are the ones that will feed hay instead of grain uh, during the winter and when pasture isn't available. And I would imagine that there's probably some other nutritional benefits from being on pasture other than a better good fat versus bad fat profile, probably things we don't even know yet. That's true. Yeah, we only um, know uh, what we measure, and so I'm sure that there's many things that we haven't thought of to measure. Uh, it's interesting when you look back at our uh, ancestral diets, those, that ratio, uh, 6 to 3 omega uh, beneficial fatty acid ratio, uh, was about 1 to 1, and um, you know, now we're recommending two to one, but our diets currently are uh, way off skew of that, you know, somewhere around 10 to one. Uh, so we really need to pay attention to that ratio if we want to um, have, you know, preventative dietary uh, choices to prevent illnesses. Well, most people know that not everything that's in a product is necessarily on the label. What are, what are some of the things that someone might find in a conventional yogurt that 
they're not going to discover by reading the label? Uh, yeah, sure. This is a big one and really surprising to me once I started to look into this issue that you can have things that are actually in the product that, that don't appear on the label. Uh, one of these is a, is a chemical defoamer that's actually banned in organics, um, but it's commonly added to milk, uh, conventional milk during the processing of low-fat yogurt. It's called dimethyl polysiloxane. Uh, and so I think it's just used to... Um, you know, because of the uh, low-fat yogurt fats in milk actually end up um, homogenizing it a little better, and so it's just a processing aid that's used. Um, but because it's banned in organics, uh, you know, that's just one thing, a little bit of confidence that you can have, um, you know, when you see that label uh, that all the manufacturing aids um, simply are not allowed in organics unless they've really gone through this rigorous um, review that it's a safe substance. Um, and so, yeah, the FDA is not requiring that these sub-ingredients or manufacturing aids, um, processing aids is another way that they're defined. Uh, the FDA doesn't require that they're included on the ingredients list, even though uh, residues can be found in the final product. One of the weirdest factoids of the report to me was that uh, fruit-flavored yogurt doesn't necessarily mean that it has fruit. And particularly, it mentions in the report that strawberry-flavored yogurt may have no strawberries, and the actual flavor comes either from tree bark or from the anal glands of beavers, which seems so strangely improbable. But uh, that's definitely not on the label. If you see the word strawberry-flavored, you might be getting a strange chemical uh, from a beaver rather than an actual strawberry. Yeah, uh, that's everybody's favorite one. Um, <laughs> a natural, the, the anal gland of the beaver, that's, that's true. Um, the, a natural flavor uh, can come from any natural source as opposed to a synthetically produced, um, but it doesn't mean that if it's, you know, natural strawberry flavor that it actually comes from strawberry. Uh, so that is a bit of a surprise to people, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're talking today to Lindley Dixon, a farm and food policy analyst at the Cornucopia Institute, about their latest report, Culture Wars, How the Food Giants Turned a Health Food Yogurt into Junk Food. Another area that of the report, Lindley, that was really fascinating to me was around some of the theories around artificial sweeteners. We know that some artificial sweeteners um, have been implicated in possible neurological issues, but we also know apparently from from dentistry that some of them are very good at uh, killing our antimicrobial, that they're good at, at killing bacteria. And we are trying to puzzle out now why no calorie artificial sweeteners are still making people fat. And one of the proposed things in the report is perhaps like antibiotics, which make animals larger and probably humans larger, um, uh, perhaps artificial sweeteners by disrupting the bacteria in our gut are actually promoting weight gain, even though they have no calories. Can can you talk more about artificial sweeteners in, in conventional yogurt? Sure. Yeah, that's been one of the big surprises is that, you know, consuming uh, artificial sweeteners or replacing sugar, which is high in calories, um, with these artificial sweeteners, which have no calories, uh, it's surprising that it doesn't actually correlate with weight loss. Uh, and they've been doing some studies in, um, in mice and rats to figure out what this might be. Um, 
the reality is that what we think we're consuming that has no calories uh, actually is doing something else in our body um, in relation to our gut microbiota. And so some of these uh, artificial sweeteners are actually metabolized uh, by our, our gut, um, by bacteria in our gut. And actually one of the most surprising things in, in the report that we found out is that our bodies are actually, you know, one in ten cells are our cells, our human cells, and 90% of them are other living things, primarily bacteria, but um, a, lot of, a lot of these bacteria are found in our, our gut, and um, they're referred to now in a lot of emerging research as the gut microbiota and maintaining a healthy gut microbiota. And this science is so new, it's actually completely changed the paradigm at which we look at nutrition because what we actually thought, um, you know, was happening is actually really changed by, by these these gut microbiota. Uh, and so the use of antibiotics in, in conventional agriculture is really closely tied to this. Uh, they found that, um, as you mentioned, these low levels of antibiotics uh, that conventional farms use just simply to, you know, they use them constantly, whether the animals are sick or not, but as a weight gain. And so um, when, you're, when, when you're actually preventing a, a healthy gut microbiota, um, you know, with the use of antibiotics, you can actually gain weight. And so we see this in farm animals, and it makes sense that it would be happening in us. And so there's, you know, several things that could be going on here. One you mentioned is that these artificial sweeteners are actually antibiotics, and so they're harming that gut microbiota um, and keeping us from having a healthy gut. But um, they're also potentially being metabolized and used in a different way than we actually thought. So another, to reiterate what we've, we've talked about so far, if somebody follows the organic label, even if it doesn't say live and active cultures on it, they can probably be assured that they're going to get an ample amount of good bacteria. They can be assured that they're not going to have artificial sweeteners or artificial colors. Uh, what about with regards to natural sugars? I'm, I'm assuming we should be vigilant with either organic or non-organic in terms of how much sugar is actually being put into a product. Sure. And, you know, it's interesting as a, as a parent, uh, kind of the way I was raised on ice cream and, uh, you know, just desserts is not really being a big deal. I think parents these days are really aware of sugar. And uh, for us in our house, uh, yogurt is actually a dessert. Um, and we, we try to, you know, buy the healthiest kind and we can go into the details of that, but, but seeing dessert in a different way, you know, maybe dessert is now a bowl of cereal instead of breakfast. Uh, but the American Health Association just came out with uh, actually reduced uh, levels of added sugars to our diet, and, and they're actually very low. Uh, so we really don't need very much sugar, and we should be getting it, uh, the sugar that we do get from whole foods, like fruit um, or carrots. You know, sugars are found naturally and, and plenty of them. And then you will be getting the nutrition that's uh, present in the food uh, in addition to the sugars instead of just plain sugar with no vitamins or nutrition. And yogurt has a certain amount of, of natural sugars in it before a product is adding any sugar to it. So there's going to be inevitably some sugar in a yogurt. That's true. Actually, when we were ranking the brands, we actually ended up looking in our scorecard at 11 different traits. The amount of added sugar was one of them. And we had to start at a baseline level because um, 
naturally yogurt has sugar in it. And so 12 grams sugar for six-ounce serving is, is what we decided was kind of the natural level, give or, give or take, because, you know, it's a fermentation process, so it's not exact. Um, but then we started deducting points past that uh, baseline value, which is actually still pretty high uh, to have 12 grams of sugar uh, naturally. And, and you have that tart flavor in yogurt, uh, so uh, it's surprising to find out that even in plain yogurt, you've got 12 grams of sugar and six ounces but, uh, because of that tart flavor, but it's kind of an acquired taste. And so it's always great if you can buy plain and then just add the amount of sugar that, uh, that you need to. And that way you can control it a little bit better. But uh, in order to kind of overcome that tart flavor, a lot of the yogurts that are actually marketed to children are incredibly high amounts of sugar. And that's, that's just something you can be more aware of as a parent is that what's being marketed as a healthy food is, is pretty misleading when it has such high levels of sugar in them. And, you know, you can add sweeteners in a way that's more nutritional um, by adding whole fruits and then the children are getting the antioxidants and the vitamins that are in the fruits in addition to that sweet flavor. Well, let's, since you mentioned the scorecard, let's mention more about how you, you end up ranking the different yogurt brands, because this is the area where if people go to your website, they can look not only at the yogurt scorecard, but an egg scorecard and a cereal scorecard and find out, you know, what products in Oregon or wherever they, a person lives are particularly highly ranked. Do you, do you go and visit the actual farms, or are you having them provide you information um, remotely? How does it work for for the scorecard? We do. You know, this was done uh, before I was I started here. I've been here about a year, but the Cornucopia Institute did uh, release a dairy report as well. And one of the scores that's in our yogurt scorecard is based off of how the uh, the operation uh, scored in our organic dairy report. And so that's just one of the 11 different traits. But if, if you'd like to go into more details, I know that report included farm visits and a questionnaire, uh, how much time, you know, animals were on pasture, things like that. But um, that's just one small component out of 11 uh, is that, that dairy ranking um, as part of the yogurt scorecard. But that is something that, that we incorporated. Well, it was interesting looking, just looking out of curiosity for, as an Oregonian to see that Nancy's Organic Yogurt and, and Strauss from Northern Cal- California both get your highest score, and then Nancy's Conventional Yogurt much lower, and Tillamook and Hor- Horizon lower than that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's a good way for people to be able to parse some of this information out in a, in a hierarchy when they go shopping f- here in, in Portland. Yeah, it's almost like the USDA label is a start, and then you know you've got the minimum requirements of, you know, the 120 days on pasture. Um, but then you can move beyond that by getting to know the brands really well. You know, there are some really great brands that actually have the label and, say, 100% asset, and those are the ones that I tend to steer towards. And what about cost? Is, has there been any analysis done on how much more if if more uh, people are going to pay per ounce for uh, an organic yogurt versus a conventional yogurt? Sure, that can be uh, one of the most common responses uh, that I hear about why people don't buy organic is, oh, it costs so much more. And I think, uh, you know, we'd be surprised to find out, and it's part of, part of the report as well, uh, that on a per ounce basis you can really uh, – 
it can be a lot cheaper to actually buy organic uh, yogurt that uh, hasn't spent money on a lot of this gimmicky advertising. Um, and so on a per-ounce basis, if you buy, you know, 32 ounces of a USDA organic, 100% grass-fed, uh, whole fats, you can gain some of that nutrition uh, from the, you know, the beneficial oils. Um, plain yogurt can actually be significantly cheaper than a lot of this, uh, you know, squeezable yogurts or a lot of the ones that are marketed towards children because so much money is actually spent on marketing to children and then, you know, on that marketing. Uh, and a lot of the ingredients are actually subpar. So not even considering the long-term, you know, health effects of, of eating uh, lower quality uh, a, di- a diet that's got lower quality ingredients, uh, you know, on a price per ounce basis, it, it really uh, can be cost effective to buy organic. And, and let's talk a little bit about Greek yogurt, which seems to be the big trend in yogurt today. It's being promoted as a more healthy version of yogurt. And yet the Cornucopia report suggests that it's not a good marker for uh, health and also may also have some unforeseen environmental issues regarding it. Could you talk a little right, bit about, yeah. about the Greek yogurt it's, situation? It's actually surprising that about 50% of the yogurt market right now is Greek yogurt. And um, it's been touted, I think, as having you know, higher protein levels uh, without, without fat. And uh, in reality, in order to, if you take a closer look at the ingredients, in order to compensate uh, for that uh, loss of texture and mouthfeel that the fat uh, provides, um, they are actually adding a lot more sugars. And in order to kind of jump on the Greek yogurt bandwagon, there are a lot of really uh, lower quality ingredients that are added that might make up for... uh, you know, Greek yogurt, how it's made, I should start out, is actually, it's just strained yogurt. So they're actually removing whey to get a thicker consistency. And uh, instead of doing that, uh, to, to advertise and market a Greek yogurt and, and, you know, labeling something Greek hasn't actually been defined um, by the FDA. So some brands are actually adding milk protein concentrate or some of these thickeners like carrageenan or pectin or starch. And so it's actually not strained yogurt. It's just yogurt with some of these thickeners in there that actually have some research that they, they might not be the healthiest additives to be eating. So I think um, you, you definitely kind of touched on a hot topic right now. Um, in addition to Greek yogurt being so popular, this, uh, this whole process um, is creating quite a stir. This is in New York because that's where Chobani is uh, um, located, uh, but they've got all of this whey that is removed as a thickener, um, you know, to thicken the yogurt. They've got all this whey as a waste product, and so they're not actually sure where to dump a lot of it. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's a it's a hot topic right now. So, before we end, Lindley, could you just tell our listeners uh, what the Cornucopia Institute is, and if there's any particular uh, advocacy issues that you're involved in at the moment that people should be aware of? Sure, yeah. The Cornucopia Institute really tries to, uh, they call themselves the watchdog uh, of the organic industry. We're just about to go to the NOSB meetings, which are the National Organic Standards Board meetings. They happen at the end of April and at the end of October uh, every year, twice a year. 
And uh, we are really involved in looking at that national list, which is the uh, substances that are allowed in organics. And we really feel strongly that those materials need to be properly reviewed if they are going to stay on the list. And so that right now has been a large area of focus. Um, and, of course, we are very interested in helping to uh, promote economic viability for the farmers that are doing it right. And so we feel that, you know, calling companies out on uh, inauthenticity, if they're saying they do something and they're not, if they're not following the standards, we believe that this uh, helps, uh, you know, the farmers that are doing it right actually survive. And so, um, you know, we might uh, get in trouble by some of the other groups that feel like, oh, you shouldn't give organics a bad rap. Uh, but we feel, you know, with the way that we're trying to protect it, that we're actually really helping organics stay strong and, um, you know, making sure that the farmers are, who are, who are um, really farming correctly and, and um, environmentally sound are, are, are able to survive and compete against some of these um, businesses that are trying to jump on board the organic, uh, you know, bandwagon as it's so strong here now uh, and, and gain some money off of it. But but aren't really uh, following uh, following the letter of the law. I would think with all of the money involved in organics these days, there would be a lot of pressure from these corporations to undermine the spirit of the law uh, and do these shortcuts, like you mentioned, people who aren't doing the Greek yogurt in the traditional form, even though that's not an organic issue, same spirit of the, of taking a product that people see a certain way, but... Um, producing it in a way that actually is giving you the opposite effect. Sure. Yeah, it's just communicating uh, with with the customers in an honest way. We feel very strongly about that, so consumers can decide for themselves. Do you have a um, Do you have the website with you if people want to look at the scorecard and the report? Uh, sure. It's just uh, www.cornucopia.org. And uh, you can click on, uh, it pops right up in the search, um, and you can click on the yogurt report right there. Well, thanks for being on Health Watch today, Lindley. Thank you so much for having me. We're talking today to food and farm policy analyst Lindley Dixon of the Cornucopia Institute about their latest report, Culture Wars, How the Food Giants Turned a Health Food Yogurt into Junk Food. You've been listening to Health Watch. I'm Dr. David Naiman, your host. Stay tuned for the rest of the Monday morning radio zine.